0: This is Diapers and Disciples, episode 84. We're talking about living out the Great Commission as a family, and specifically, today we're talking about the top five board games we recommend for couples.
1: Yes. Yes. Who are we?
0: We're Amber and Cameron (laughs) O'Hearn.
1: We love board games, and we have talked about this before on the podcast, but today we wanted to talk specifically about... Some of our favorites that are great for two-player. Yes. The ones Cameron and I love playing together.
0: Okay. First century AD. Blessed John the Evangelist. He's hanging out with his crew. So this is a story that was recounted in the uh, like the writings of the Church Fathers. So this is a, was a story that was passed down. So he's hanging out with his crew, and they're shooting stuff with bows and arrows. And Blessed John the Evangelist says... He tells one of his disciples to, like, keep shooting the bow and arrow. And he says, are you able to keep shooting indefinitely? Can you keep shooting? And he says, well, eventually the bow will break. And Blessed John the Evangelist says, the inference is that so will your mind break if you don't relax it. If the tension Ooh. is never relaxed, your mind will break. Ooh. And St. Thomas Aquinas uses that example to talk about the importance of playing games. And we'll that. we'll um, bring that in to the end of the episode.
1: Okay, great. I'm excited. Little
0: little teaser. Yeah. Yeah, we love games. And uh, I remember going to Amber's house when we were just dating, just starting to date. And uh, we started playing a game. And I love board games, so I'm really excited about this game. And it was called Clue, Secrets, and Spies. So it's Clue, but it's like you're a spy, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm like, I'm ready to be a spy. And then they said, well, the game's broken, but we're still going to play it.
1: No, I don't think so. Here's what what we said. We said there used to be a text message component when the game first released, but they only guaranteed that for the first, you know, however many years, like three years or something at the game's release. Well, then I guess it wasn't popular enough. They discontinued the text message component. But that component during the game was you would receive messages that influenced the rest of the game or gave you clues in the game yes. or changed the game. But <laughs> you can still play it. It's said in the instructions. So, you can still play yeah. it without that component.
0: Yeah, so you can still like move around this board, but you're not a spy. You're just like moving around the board <laughs> and like you go to a spot it's really just like i i can't even remember the game it was underwhelming so of, underwhelming but you move around this board and like you can go left or you can go right so i go right i said and then i check this thing was that the right place to go no okay your turn <laughs> I, I, <laughs> was it that I, bad or am i misremembering i'm yet? not
1: really sure but i was on she can't even remember board the board game. game geek the other day uh, when we were talking shout about out this. for
0: board game geek it's a website
1: and i was reading about clue secrets and spies mm-hmm. and this guy wrote this review and after i read it i was like is this kim <laughs> the, guy, the guy was like my wife loves this game and i have no idea why she enjoys it so much but for that reason he was giving it like top rating
0: oh really so, for yeah. that reason oh it's so funny um so
1: you wouldn't have been you would have been no like, you know, it was, this is so
0: I played it out of sheer love, just like dry charity for my love of Amber (laughs) and her family. Like, I will play this game. Um, But it did not feel like a fun game. Mm -hmm. But there was another time at your parents' house where we played a game called Careers. And
1: this is like a family favorite game in my family. One time we had moved... We had first moved to a place and we bought this board game because we were new to the area and we played it so many times that within the course of, you know, two weeks or something, we had gone through all the little score sheets because we loved it so much. Yeah,
0: that's when you know you really love a game. Like there's a few games we have where we basically, our score sheets are scrap pieces of paper. Right. We played it so much.
1: Right. So it's called Careers.
0: Yep. So I'm not going to say anything bad about Careers because you guys love it so much and it's a pretty good game. There's this one time, so it's my, like, I think it was my first or second night, because we're visiting your family, we just started dating, we're playing, and I got this card and played this card that said something like, you've met the love of your life and you got married, and so I played the card sheepishly, (laughs) and I did not make eye contact with Amber or her dad, (laughs) I was just like... I met the love of my life and I married her. Your turn. <laughs> um, and then a couple turns later, you got the same card and you played it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I still like did not make eye contact with you, but I knew it. That was the moment I knew.
1: <laughs> I don't remember that, but you remember it so clearly. Yeah, it's it definitely great. happened. Okay.
0: All right, we're going to go through our top five board games. And I think we put these in a specific order. And here's why I did it this way. Here's here's why I think we did it this way. Okay. We want everyone to experience the abundant joy of playing really deep strategic,
1: mm.
0: like full on board gaming. Oh,
1: this is great. Yeah. yeah. So it's in a yes. specific order. The stack now. So okay.
0: Here's what I recommend: buy all of these, but don't play them yet. This is a little path you can walk down. Eventually you'll be You probably <laughs> before need Before <laughs> you
1: buy the last two, especially before you buy the last one, make sure you're okay with the first two. Yeah, actually there's probably like ten games on a game hey, and then spoilers. Okay.
0: There's probably ten games you'd have to play, but there's like a path, right? Yeah. Like you don't start off with a really heavy game. Right. Okay. Okay, so first game, super light. Do you want to talk about this one?
1: I would love to. Okay, this game is called Wait, we've talked they about need to, it.
0: They need to hear it.
1: We've talked about this game on another podcast episode. It's called Marital Bliss. And what's great about this game is you can purchase the deck or you can actually go to their website and they offer you a free download.
0: Oh, the mics remain calm. So I'm going to stall since Amber went to go get Faustina. And I'm going to tell a dad joke. This is for all my dad friends out there. What did Jesus say at his last supper in Finland? It is finished. Hey, Foss. You going to join
1: us? So something that's great about this game is you can purchase. It's a deck of cards. You can purchase the deck of cards. Or if you go to their website, which we'll link in the show notes, you can actually download the PDF for free. And What
0: do you do in the game?
1: That's a great question. So it's not a game that you sit down and play in like one sitting.
0: Takes a week.
1: Yes. So you're each given mission cards, strategy cards, and reward cards. One reward card each.
0: So like some examples of mission cards. Find, read some that sound good. Um, Hold eye contact for more than seven seconds. <laughs> so that's your mission. So the other person, the other spouse does not know what cards you have, and you're doing these things over the course of a week.
1: Spend some time together without the TV.
0: uh, Scratch spouse's back before going to sleep.
1: Put toothpaste on spouse's toothbrush.
0: Put spouse's towel in dryer so it'll be nice and warm when he or she gets out of the shower.
1: So you're trying to do these things for each other during the week, but... The key is the other spouse is trying to guess those missions. So if Cameron puts toothpaste on my toothbrush, I'm going to say, was that, was that your, your mission? mission? And if it was, then I don't get the points for it, yeah. right? Or I'm docked
0: No, I, then I wouldn't. You're talking about you oh, called yes. me out. So yeah. I wouldn't get the points. And how many points was that worth?
1: Uh, I'm not sure.
0: The harder ones are worth more points. So like an easy one is... Spend some time together without the TV. So it's like...
1: Three points. Yeah, three points. And they go up to, you know, but seven points. But
0: if you, if you have um, a staring contest or a hold eye contact for more than seven seconds, uh, it's seven points. Do you yeah. remember? I had that one once. Or no, I, I knew that was in the deck. And you were like looking at me once. I was like, wait a second. Does she have that card? So I looked away and I was like...
1: Right. Is she, is she
0: like looking at me because she has the card or is she like... In
1: love with me <laughs> <laughs> so, and here's here's the thing you want to trick your spouse so yeah. before you play the game look through all the mission cards because you're going to want to be doing things that are mission cards that you don't have in your hand so or, that they guess wrong. i wonder
0: what if they just played it without knowing any of the mission cards oh, so you, that's what happens fun. is you're starting to be like really nice you're starting to do loving things for the other person right and it basically um it helps your marriage grow through subterfuge, I think is the word, which is like, uh, kind of this meta thing where it's like, it's just a like game. It turns your marriage, it gamifies your marriage, but it makes, it just forces you to do kind things. Yeah. And I think it's, it's a nice way to, yeah to grow.
1: It's great. I think this would be a great wedding gift for someone as well.
0: Um, wait, so then, uh, there's, so at the end of the week. You, oh, you, right. you whip out your cards to say which ones you accomplished and how many points you get. And then you have a bonus card that you selected at the beginning of the week.
1: Which is the reward card. So
0: if you win, get the most points, and at the end you get to play your reward card. So one of them is four hours to do whatever the heck you want. Or a relaxing or sensual your choice, full body massage, (laughs) or one blessed night alone. Mm -hmm. So like these, these are rewards where it's going to create a lot of anticipation and tension. And like, I really want to win this week. And I want to do a lot of kind things for my spouse. It's just a great way to do more kind things for each other. And it's
1: so fun. When it we first fun. got this game, we were playing the game, like, back to back to back. We'd, like, <laughs> get together one night and we'd, like, draw our new cards. And it was just... It's just so fun. That's a... Yeah, it is. It's a great one.
0: Okay, so... That's Marital such bliss. an easy game to get into. Marital Bliss. In the show notes. Next. Number two. Oh, you just hear it. Sounds so yeah. nice. patchwork. This is a game... It's basically like... Petrus. Um so you you have your own board, and you're selecting between three different patches. Like Think of like a pack. quilt, mm-hmm. so like different shapes, and it's it's a really quick um, puzzly game. So like when you get a tile, you're spending buttons. So buttons are your in, are your like resources. And then you're moving a certain amount of time segments. So once you get to the end of the time board, then the the game is over. So it's, it's a fun... There's like a lot of fun strategic decisions, but it's super light. Mm-hmm. Like this is a game you just... Saturday morning, even with kids around, you can set up all these patches right. with these buttons, get your coffee and just play it. Yeah, it's really we, light. we
1: would actually bring this game to one of our favorite coffee shops and we'd set it up, and the kids would kind of be running around or having their treat, their donut or whatever, and we would play this game because it you can do it in 20 minutes. And it's specifically a two-player game.
0: It might even be 15 minutes. But, yeah, 20 minutes is a... 15 if you know how to play it. Yeah. Um, Super light. We love it because it's, it's an easy one to learn but hard to master. Mm-hmm. Like, to get a high score, you're like... Like, because there's... Like if you fill up a seven by seven plot on your board, you you also get seven extra points at the end. But also at the end of the game, you get negative two points for every empty spot on your board. So it's easy to learn because at any point you have three decisions to make, but it's really hard to like master like over the course of a whole game, like choosing the best patch because again, a patch fills up a certain amount of spaces but it costs a certain amount of buttons and it moves you up a certain amount of time. So there's like all kinds of different patches to choose. And it's just really fun, Mm -hmm. really deep, but light game.
1: And this is definitely in my top five all time games, favorite games. Yes. The next one is another one of my all time favorites. It's called Dream Home. Here's
0: what it sounds like. Oh wait, that's not (laughs) a nice sound. The box is really nice.
1: Yeah. So dream home is kind of what you would imagine. You have a home board and on your home you have all these spots for different rooms. And so what you want to do is you want to have like a living room, a kitchen, bedroom, and you get bonus points, for example, for having like a bathroom on each floor or a roof that's all the same color. Um, You get bonus points if you have say like a tree house or a birdhouse or picture frames on the walls, things like that. And it's
0: a gorgeous game. It's like,
1: beautiful. Yeah. Um, the, the cards. So all the living room cards can be, for example, mixed and matched. So they all look, re- you know, regardless of what kind of living room card you select, they it'll have like match. a red
0: color scheme,
1: right? So it'll match all the other living room cards. And Um, all the
0: kitchen ones have like a white or whitish yellow theme. Right. So on your board, like at the end of the game, you've chosen all these cards and you can see a unique home you've built. Right. And there's no like awkward, clunky, like, why is this room next to this room? Or my living room cards don't look the same. It's like, oh, this looks like a big living room because I put two cards together and the color scheme and the, the art is just really great.
1: And there's fun rooms like a study or a wine cellar or like fun rooms like that, that you can add on. And, uh, a funny little thing is that if there is a tie, the person that wins is the person that has the most kids hidden, (laughs) hidden in your house. So some of the cards have, you can see like little hands sticking out of a laundry pile or a kid's (laughs) feet under the bed, things like that. So if you can, the tiebreaker is if you have the most kids in the house, which is fun.
0: Yes. So that takes about 30 minutes. Um, It's not just a two player game. So patchwork, the number two game was uh, just two players, which means it's, it's like, you know, it's built for two players. This, you can play up to four players. Um, So we actually play with Lucy and Peter and they do. They like. They love it. They're so funny.
1: They I mean, always. But. They want the same cards. Like one of the bathrooms has all these little rubber ducks, and they all. They both want that card, and then they both want the ice cream maker. And I'm trying to think. There's a few other cards. The paper are, airplane. Yeah, there's yeah a card of paper airplane. There's
0: like paper airplanes on a roof, and so Peter always picks those. Yeah.
1: Ones. <laughs> it's fun. It's a fun one to play with your kids. Um, our kids are are 3 and 5 and they they pretty much get it.
0: So Yeah. So um we're ma- we're making a big jump to number 4.
1: Yes. <laughs> so maybe play a few more games we can give this, you some recommendations so, before you jump into this one.
0: So Dream Home, the number 3 game was 30 minutes long. This is 2 hours. But this is you are a farmer. Um and you have there's like I mean, this will take up the whole table. You have like 50, more like a... No, it's more like 20. Because anyways, there's like 20 actions you can choose from at any given point. It's a worker placement game. Oh, I haven't even said the name of it. (laughs) It's Fields of Arla.
1: And it's by one of our favorite game designers, Uwe Rosenberg.
0: Yes. And it's... Unless you get the expansion, it's only for two players. So again, it's built for two players, like one versus one, and it's a low conflict game. Like you basically are building up your own little like, um, farm plots and buying, building buildings and like getting these little droshkis and these carts. And I didn't even know what a droshki was before I played the game. Uh, but it's like a cart with a, with like leather seating inside of it. So you have like animals, horses, cows, sheep. You have all these resources you're managing.
1: This might be helpful if, because I think a lot of people know what Settlers of Catan is. So if you've played Settlers of Catan and you love it and you're ready for something like a step beyond that or a couple steps beyond that, this would be a good one. Wouldn't you say?
0: Well, Settlers, yeah, I mean... I think for a lot of people, Settlers of Catan is is a game where you play it and it's like, oh, this is what board games could be like. Yes. But so it like opened the door to a lot of games for people. But so many games have surpassed Settlers of Catan that it's almost like, you know, it, you, you're you grateful that Settlers existed, but when you have games like this, you don't want to play right. Settlers.
1: I think it's helpful to mention it because most people probably aren't familiar with this game, but a lot of people listening probably are familiar with Catan.
0: Yeah, so like um, resource management or like building buildings, kind of like uh, area control a little bit. It's similar in those ways. The main thrust of this game is worker placement. Mm-hmm. So at any given point, you have like 15 actions to choose from um, and you have four workers in a round. So you're choosing like, oh, my gosh, do I want to get like this cow and a leather or do I want to um, build a building or like get another vehicle? Because if I get into vehicle, I can like trade and add more like a. Uh, Tiles to my travel board. It's just like, oh, it feels like a sandbox of possibilities. Right. But it's a it's a lovely strategic, um, sprawling, beautiful two player game. This like, is a it's game you, Gorgeous.
1: Yeah, this is a game you'd play after the kids go to bed or when you're on a date night because it's yes. not something you can play. You really you can't get it to out. the
0: table very often. Um, but yeah, I think the main thing to say is like low conflict. Right. Um. The theme is nice because you're a yeah, farmer with yeah, a family. Yeah, I love the
1: theme. Yeah. Great.
0: The, so they have like little animal pieces. I mean, people aren't even familiar that some games like you have little animal pieces. Like <laughs> right. Little cows and sheep. Right. So it's, it's a lovely uh, design. Yeah. So that's next level.
1: Fields of Arla.
0: Fields of Arla, number four. Okay. <laughs> Number Our five. Game. Okay, so... You can Am- just hear how big this
1: game is.
0: Amber loves this game when she's playing this game. But it's one of those games that's hard to get to the table. It's called War of the Ring. It is Lord of the Rings in a box. Man, I could talk about this game for a long time, but I'm going to try to keep it short. So one person is controlling... The good guys, and one person is controlling the bad guys. So once again, a two-player game. If you love the movies, if you love the books, especially, yeah, like the designers of this love Middle Earth. They love the source material. It's
1: so accurate and so, yeah. But you can just tell the designers love Lord of the Rings,
0: and it feels like you're playing in the lord of the rings universe. <laughs> hey squeaky girl, what do you think? What do, do you, like you think? This one? Are you kind of a little hobbit? You like being a hobbit. Um so the a few things i love about this game are the asymmetry. So like the free peoples, the good guys, they feel very weak and like they only have a certain amount of time before they're destroyed. Uh, And the, the shadow, the enemies, they feel very strong and aggressive. And the way you win the game is twofold. You can win through military conquest or win through destroying the ring for the free peoples or corrupting the ring bearers for the shadow. So there's this dynamic going on of like, moving military around the board, like, building up armies, but also, like, being sneaky. Yeah,
1: the Fellowship is trying to, like, be sneaky and move to um, Mordor. And there's, uh, like, opportunities to, like, separate the Fellowship. And what's interesting is the game can play out different than the books. Like, things are similar, but it's like, oh my goodness, the only people left in the Fellowship are... Whoever, yeah, so, and- so
0: for example, there's like a card where if you have a companion in Fangorn Forest, which is one of the big forests in the middle of Middle-earth, and it's right next to Isengard or Orthanc where Saruman is. And if you remember in the Two Towers, they had that big battle of the Ents, the trees mm-hmm. coming over and destroying Saruman. So the card is like, okay, if you have a companion in Fangorn, like you can roll these dice And based on how well you roll, you can defeat enemies in Orthanc. And if there's no enemies left, uh, Saruman gets killed as well. But it doesn't have to be Merry or Pippin in Fangorn.
1: Yeah. Or
0: Gandalf. Like, it could be Legolas. So there are... It feels like the Lord of the Rings, but you have the freedom to, like, make your own story.
1: Right. The cards, you'll, as you're reading the cards, you'll realize the different plot points of the books. Yeah. And, but then it's neat to see how it actually plays out. Yeah. Like, um, a battle that maybe was, seemed smaller in the books might be the end of the game. Yeah. In in the game.
0: Like it could be the final battle happens in the Shire,
1: right? Right. <laughs> and it's yeah. like
0: whoa, that's a crazy idea. Or like Gandalf the White is holding down in a like Erebor, like in the in the mountains where um, the Hobbit films took took place. Um, the other cool thing about the game, the way the game works, is you roll all these dice, and again, the Shadow player has more dice than the Free Peoples. So, again, he feels stronger, but the dice are your actions. So there's a luck thing where you're rolling these dice. Our <laughs> the alarm is going off. And Foss is fussy, and we're blowing our noses. <laughs> um, you roll these dice, and it's, there's some luck there, but then you get to allocate those dice. So when it's your turn, you do one of those dice as an action. And there's, like, three different ways you can use any of the dice. So it, it's just highly strategic... There's luck, so there's excitement, like the dice rolling. So it's not it's not like always the best player is going to win, but I'd say most of the time the best, smartest player is going to win. And we, it's funny because you, you wouldn't guess this, but Amber loves playing the shadow, <laughs> <laughs> and I love playing the free peoples because I feel like sneaky and clever, um, and Amber just likes dominating me <laughs> or something. But she loves playing this domineering shadow army we should like what i want to do with war of the ring is i could talk about this game forever so like mm-hmm. i wish i could talk more but we we just got to move on maybe we'll do like a live stream of playing it or <laughs> That'd something <be> fun. <laughs>
1: um so i hope i hope this episode was enjoyable we had gotten we've received emails from people who were curious They know we like board games. And just friends of
0: ours are like, hey, do you know any board games for like me and my husband or whatever? Right.
1: So we just thought it'd be fun to do an episode like this a little different, a little lighter. Um, And
0: I want to end with Aquinas. Yes. So, well, let me ask you this. This has nothing to do with Aquinas, but it's kind of cool. Oldest board game. How old do you think it it was? Oh, like we've discovered chess, of course, is like probably the oldest, but like. Um, at what time period have we I have like the no oldest? idea. 26th century BC. Wow. Before Abraham lived.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> so goodness. it's like Noah
0: gets off the the ark and like they start you know colonizing and then it's like they invent board games. <laughs> it could have gone on before yeah. then, but board games have been around. There's a reason why they stuck around. Right. So Aquinas, this is actually in the Summa Theologica, like his magnum opus. He says, Just as man needs bodily rest for the body's refreshment, because he cannot always be at work, so too is it with the soul. When he goes beyond his measure in certain work, he is oppressed and becomes weary. The remedy for weariness of soul consists in the application of some pleasure by slackening the tension of the reason's study. So it's like, you're working hard all day or you're studying like you're in school and the kids are like bombarding you with questions and your mind is weary. Kind of like that bow and arrow at the beginning of the episode. It's like ready to break. He says it is necessary at times to make use of words or deeds. So games wherein nothing further is sought than the soul's delight. So you're not, there's no objective except Delight. Delight. It's like, let's delight in something. So it gives rest to the soul. And then he quotes um, Aristotle. (laughs) And he quoted Augustine. So he's like quoting Augustine, quoting Aristotle. Aristotle said, in the intercourse of this life, there is a kind of rest that is associated with games.
1: Mm. Love it.
0: Love it. Let's pray. Father, Son, Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, we are weary parents (laughs) who, uh, we want to, um, have peace in our vocations. We want to find rest. Um, we also want to grow in love with our spouse, but we're too tired and too busy. I pray you can give us the rest and peace we need to do your will tomorrow. Um, help us be, uh, clever with our time together at the end of our long days so we can be refreshed rejuvenated um, help us find uh, recreation and peace for our souls um, tonight today Uh, we can serve you better tomorrow in your name we pray Amen. Amen This is Diapers and Disciples, episode 84. We're talking about living out the Great Commission as a family. We are Cameron and Amber O'Hearn, and we're talking about the top five best board games for couples, right? Yes. You were mouthing along with me. I didn't even know what I was saying.
1: <laughs> no, it wasn't. You were like putting just, words in my I mouth. I was just following along to see okay. what you were gonna say.
0: Okay, great. We did it. That's the intro. <laughs>
1: Do you want to redo it? Do you feel good? Okay, <laughs> you let's feel redo it. it. You feel a little nervous. <laughs> you look a little nervous. <laughs> okay.
0: um, I'm not going to redo it.
1: Can I start with a liturgical yes, tip? Yes,
0: this is so cool. Just go with it. Okay. And then I'm going to add something random.
1: Okay. So, <laughs> for those of you who are like me, who really enjoy Christmas, and you're trying to keep... As our pastor says, trying to keep Christ in Christmas and Christmas out Out of of Advent. Advent. (laughs) I know it can be difficult. You want to listen to Christmas music during Advent. I I know I do. So I have composed a liturgical living tip. If you listen to Christmas music from July until Advent, by the time Advent comes, you're ready to cast off all Christmas music. And just listen to Advent music until Christmas Day.
0: Why don't you just listen to it from February to November?
1: That's an option. What I was (laughs) thinking was Christmas in July. Like you start listening to Christmas in July. So you have August, September, October. But then you're sick of it by the time
0: Christmas comes around. No?
1: No. Because then what happens is you get to Advent and it's like, oh, time to put away the Christmas music. You put away the Christmas oh, music, interesting.
0: and, it's and then, just then you're like Advent longing music. for it.
1: Yes, oh. and then it's like ah, Christmas music again.
0: <laughs> what is your favorite Christmas song? Can you be boxing? You
1: know, it's the one we did when we were on that retreat, and they had us all sing acapella. What was that one? What retreat? The married couples retreat. Remember? All I can
0: remember is our God is an awesome God. When we did that retreat for the young people, <laughs> and we had the hand motions. Not that one though. Yeah, that's no, not that's not the one I'm talking about. Oh, what?
1: It was the married couples retreat, remember? And he was having us sing, like, Oh, Where's come it? let us adore him. Uh, oh. Yeah, which... that's, Oh, come all ye faithful, right? Oh,
0: okay. I remember exactly what you're doing.
1: Yes. About. I love that Come song. all you faithful. That's yeah, great. Yeah, Oh, come all ye faithful. What a that's great refrain.
0: Just, Oh, come let us adore him. So we were on Christ this marriage
1: Lord. retreat, and he was giving the example of how when you're in union with your spouse and with the Lord... Like, things sound beautiful when you're singing a song Mm. together. But when everyone's singing their own song, it sounds chaotic. Mm. So the leader of the retreat had us all sing, like, a song at the same time, whatever song you wanted to (laughs) sing, and it sounded, like, chaotic. And then he had us all sing, Oh, Come, Let Us Adore Him, and it was just beautiful. Yeah. That refrain. Anyways. That's great. Liturgical living. Do it. Are we going to
0: do that each time? Each podcast,
1: a liturgical living, yeah, no, just one to blue moon. (laughs) I only have one tip, and that's it. You should make an (laughs) ebook of your one tip. There's people that are great at liturgical living, and we'll interview them at some point. But that's not my.
0: You're pretty good at it.
1: I'm okay at it. Every once in a while, I have these gems like I just shared.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it is it is good advice. I can just picture you, like, thinking about doing a tip, and you're like, this is the jam. Can't wait to share this. People are going to love this.
1: Okay, because here's the thing. You're in October. We're in October now, and it feels like, oh, the weather's getting colder. I just want to listen to Christmas music. (laughs) Do it. (laughs) We're not in Advent yet, people. Yeah,
0: there's no rules barring you from it. Now, in Advent, maybe that's a different story. Yeah, cut it off. Yeah, cut it out. Um, But yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. And there's not many... Halloween songs there's the Monster Mash that's there's funny. Thriller oh yeah Frosty the Snowman is that <laughs> no okay Foss let's sign off this was a great epilogue that's it should we go nurse you you know what I mean